Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Travis. Hey, man, this is Bill. And this is Jason. Who always has a better voice than us. We, I'm uh, like, hello, this is Bill. And it's like, hello, baby. How you doing? <laughs> Just in case you know. Uh, <laughs> Channeling my inner Barry White. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I, I sound like the Kool-Aid guy right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not even about to sound cool Interestingly then. enough, you also look like the uh, wow. Kool-Aid guy with the red hair and wow. the... Uh, Rotunda belly. Wow. Which is shrinking, by the way. Well done. High five. Well done. High five. So anyways, we got Klotz back on. Uh, Jason Klotz is his name. He's we love a this guy. <laughs> thousand you. point member of the uh, Pluckers Club. and uh, Which, by the way, I, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or bad thing. Um, in the month of April, um, I was informed that I was also a part of the thousand point club. Wow. which Which means yes. from January through April... I had spent $1,000 at Pluckers. That's what happens when you put your house in the market. <laughs> yeah. You have a showing? We're going to Pluckers. I'll remind you that's food only. Yes. Oh, so. wow. That's pretty amazing. Well, now I feel like I'm like the weak one in the man, table. I, I can't get out of there for under 100 bucks, man. My kids are eating me out of house and home. Well, well when, you keep, when you make like an entire tribe of children, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's really hard not to. We stopped at two. Thank a, the Lord. A, a tribe called Amen. Travis. A tribe called Travis. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, so anyways, we got Jason back on. It's uh, spring break, uh, so we had some time, and we're really excited that he was able to step in and yes. be a part of this. Grace us with his presence. I love spring break. So, <laughs> summer. Summer, summer break. break. Summer break. Shut up. <laughs> Look at that. He's already calling me out. But he does love spring break, but he's just trying to be nice <laughs> to go, Travis, you're a moron, and you... And you, you're so excited about summer that you thought it was only spring break. I know. You didn't know. hear that right. It really is summer break. <laughs> anyway, so we got him back on, and we're excited about the conversation. And so, um, yeah, let's go into it. Let's so get you know, into it. I was, uh, speaking of uh, spring, summer break, I got to watch the whole Band of Brothers series with my son this week. Nice. This weekend. Because we, we were going to just put on a sh- you know, show. And I was, Memorial Day always makes me want to watch Band of Brothers because it's just you get to see the whole, you know, they kind of know why we do what we do and the lives that were lost. And man, he loved it. And I remember him realize, like him halfway through realizing, like, wait, this stuff all happened. Right. And then it became personal to him. And that personal interaction really caught me because I feel like the years are going by super quick right now. And so to have that time, you know, to be able to, to take maybe even just 10 hours. <laughs> it sounds so terrible. We literally polished off 10 hours of video. But I mean, but it was so cool that we got to then, it, it started all these conversations. And I really think it kind of kicked off a love for history for him. Right. And so, and again, you know, it made me think of, of you, Jason, when we were talking about, uh, you know, last week we were talking at the, uh, what is it, the, what was that thing? Um, field day. Field day, which I don't, I'm sorry for you guys. Public service announcement. I feel bad for teachers who, after the star test, have a whole week of kids who are just ready to go home now. Right. And you guys are like, we're done, so let's fill it with a bunch of stuff, which is fun, but you're like, field day, and then you got to go and pack your bag, and then you got to have a ga- class party and all that kind of stuff. you got to reach really deep to find that creativity to keep them busy <laughs> and not just put on the movie and say, go take a nap. See, that's why I'm not a teacher, because exactly. I would have put on the movie. I was like... 
Magic School Bus. Let's go. Season one through three. Enjoy, kids. <laughs> We're going to bang this out. Or Benji. <laughs> Magic School Bus. Here Mrs. We go, Frizzle's got some amazing journeys for you. <laughs> Oh man! So, anyways, I, I, we, we were talking about this idea of parent involvement. And I guess that's part of where what spurred me to want to sit with Gabe, just so you know, to sit with Gabe and watch this, because oh. I was like, man, we're the the summer. The next thing you know, summer's going to be gone. It'll be July twenty fifth, and we're like, wait, what happened? Right? Where did where did it and go? You have four summers with left with him. Yes, four summers. That's it. Well, three really. Yeah. You know this one. Well, four, I guess, with this one. But it, but it spurred me on with this thought of of parental involvement we talked about that and the the value of man i i'm grateful i had the chance to talk to you because then it made me go man i want gabe to fall in love with history because if if we don't fall in love with history then history is going to repeat itself right so how can i help him do that and you had a part of that this week so i, I needed you to know that um but i love what you said we were, we were talking during field day uh, as the kids were getting soaking wet and squirt, <laughs> shooting each other with squirt guns and stuff like that could you share a little bit about your wisdom with that as you saw that in the school? And yes, you do have wisdom. Don't raise your eyebrows. You're an extremely wise man. So I'd love you to share a little bit about that if you could based on our conversation. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's been an interesting um, year because the perspective I have uh, with nine and 10 year old students compared to the previous five years, which were with 11 and 12, in some cases, 13 year old students. Now, as the kids I've seen, as they get older in elementary grade levels, some of the parent involvement starts to decline. And, mm. and, and I understand in many cases, it's because their older siblings have already gone through, they understand what's expected of them as parents and, and there's less involvement. And I can't uh, always be certain what the involvement, what the level of parent involvement is when they get home. Yeah. Um, but what I see is, and, and part of the challenge is this, we, we know what schedules are like for parents nowadays. Moms and dads are both working more now than ever before. Yeah. They have less time with their children. They come home, they're always busy. Uh, they find, in many cases, uh, in my opinion, a reason to not connect with their children. And it's not intentional in most cases, but it's, it's almost dismissive of, okay, I understand this is going on at school, whether, you know, certainly it could be good or, or bad, but it seems like when you're reaching out to parents, um, to almost recruit them into part of the solution yeah. that we can provide for the children, they uh, they are almost very quick to say, you know what, uh, I appreciate the heads up, I'll talk to them or I'll, I'll engage them at home. And oftentimes you don't know as a teacher what that looks like or what that's yeah. what that conversation is like. But you can see as it continues, maybe that conversation isn't taking place like you hope that it would mm, or, or might expect yeah. that it would. And, and I'm not trying to isolate the, the, the negative behaviors in all of this because I, I feel like parents can appreciate the positive behaviors with children. And, and we try to, as uh, teachers, recognize the positive behaviors uh, as much as the negative behaviors. But really, parent engagement can can be something that can be there as you guys are experiencing with your own children all the way up until they're gone they're gone through high school and even into college and i think right. sometimes the older they get the more important that engagement piece is with your own children and like you said bill just sitting down and and watching a series whether it's 
related to history or anything else and have those conversations. Side note, we actually did fast forward through the nude part of that just so you guys know. Like just to thank you very much. Just to make sure that you guys were aware of that. So yeah, yeah, and and, and it's, it's funny. Side note to the side note, my wife and I are you know we constantly discuss fast forwarding through your own nude parts. What's going on? Certainly, we 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 hit fast forward on that or, or slow mo, either one. Yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> oh man but you know we, we're constantly especially with our older son okay what's appropriate uh for him to view yeah, uh, yeah is yeah. it the language is it the nudity is it the violence where right. where do we draw the line right. and at what age and i think that's part of the the engagement piece yeah. that, that we need do you talk them through that do you fast forward it do you just yeah, yeah, know yeah. it's coming and say all right uh what uh, look at Look at the clock. Uh, <laughs> what yeah, what, what yeah, are exactly. you doing? Look at your iPad real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, you know, I think it's about the constant communication between parents and how that, you know, how the, uh, the addressing of certain issues with your children um, when it's appropriate and when it's not. I think we as parents can do so much more to be mindful of what our children are doing. You know, I feel mm. like I'm an engaged parent, but there's also oftentimes when I'm wondering, okay, what's what's my child thinking? Uh, we, in fact, we bought a book for my oldest, and it was part of a consequence, but it was uh, Stephen Covey's son. Uh, we all know Stephen Covey yeah, as yeah. the Seven Habits, Seven Habits author and many, many others. Good yes. leadership guy. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was really revealing is it was the section about parenting and it had a questionnaire. So it'd give a little lesson and then it'd go into a questionnaire about, okay, what are some of the things you're experiencing in life related to your parents? And how would you, what would you like your parents to know more about in your personal life? What would you like to talk to them? What are you afraid to to talk to them about? And I I was going through it actually with the uh, students in in class this year. We do every Tuesday what they call community time. We set aside 30 minutes and just talk about life and how we can, you know, be better citizens, uh, school um, uh, students, things like that. And so one of the things that my son wrote was, I'm afraid to talk to my parents about, and he wrote girls. And Mm. so... You know, these are things that just little things that we as parents can continue to evolve as as the generation is evolving and, you know, engage them in, hey, let's play a fun little game. You know, let's fill out one of these fun questionnaires and maybe even as parents, we can do something like that. Hey, what? Yeah. you know, here's something maybe you didn't know about me or reveal more about yourself to your students and in and, and hopes that maybe they'll open up to you, you know. Um, but what we are seeing as administrators is a generation of young people that uh, more so now than ever are just not being held accountable uh, to certain things. Mm. And it's, it's frustrating. And, and as I mentioned to you guys before we came on air is, you know, if there's a, 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 a student with, say, for example, a behavior issue. Yeah you immediately and the first and second year teacher and me would, would be like that student i can't believe he or she would do something like that how dare they uh, but over the years it's it's become very clear that it's really at the end of the day not as much the the fault of that young person mm. as it could be with the accountability outside of the classroom mm. because i feel like we as teachers want to hold them accountable and yes we are being asked 
uh, to do more year in and year out. And I think parents have become, um, you know, more accustomed to, hey, they're, they're you know, we, they're raising our child, yeah. you know. And we take, we take that, uh, that, that responsibility very seriously. But we want a partnership with those parents. Oh, that's cool. I think one of the things you, you talked about, and I would love a copy of that survey if I can get my hands on it, because I think that's a, it's a really simple tool that can be used that can, can really start a conversation with your kids yeah. and allow them to, um, without having a direct eye-to-eye contact yeah, conversation, yeah. which they'll almost always bow out, um, yes. it, you give them a chance to, in their own way, share that information. Yeah. Um, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. One of the, the, the concepts that I work under is when kids are younger, you, you spend a lot of time um, protecting them. You know, protecting their innocence, protecting them from the evils of the world, protecting them from things that they'll experience. But what we're seeing is culture sh- is, is cramming on them earlier and earlier these things that we can no longer protect them from. And so we have to shift quicker to the preparing them for life, preparing them yeah. for pornography, preparing them for all of those things that are just going to be readily available for them that they can do in hiding and we would never know about. And we can, yeah. and it's easy for us to, to, to hide from it yeah. because if you hide from it, you don't have to address it. And once you engage yeah. in it, and it's hard to engage that stuff because for some of us, it's bringing up old memories and old habits and old things that we've been wrestling with for a long time. And so I think it's really important that we as parents shift sooner than we would like to preparing them and ex- mm. exposing them to a certain degree, some of that stuff in a, in a safer environment where you have a chance to talk about it. Because here's the deal. Whether they, um, whether they go through it uh, at home, or they go through it with their friends, I would rather them experience that stuff at home, the the sex scene in, in Band of Brothers, yeah, and be able to process it with them and talk about why it's important to guard your eyes, why it's important to, you know, when you see this stuff, make sure yeah. it does, you know, all those important conversations. Then him seeing it with his friends, and them like celebrating it, rewinding it, freezing it, pausing it, yeah. rewinding it, yeah. pausing it, and then searching it. And then the next thing you know, they're deep into the whole pornography thing. Yeah. And they're 13 years old. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's exactly it. It's invading the conversation with, wait, wait, wait. What do you think of this? You know, almost kind of like, because with us, when, when we talked to Gabe about it, you know, someone else older than me and wiser than me shared this with me. And they're like, Bill, you need to walk him through that in the immediate of like, Gabe, so that's someone else's wife. Um, that, is, that is not honorable because... Because she's seen as like a piece of me, and you kind of just start to walk through that. But then that's his first synapse of that of that emotional response of, <gasps> like like you get that like you know right. that, that, that kind of rush of like endorphin, and yeah. you're going dopamine. Baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm not a I'm I'm not a chemist. I'm not a geographist. Okay, <laughs> um, but 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 it, it, it's in the midst of that hitting it immediately with, the first response was a conversation with dad to go, but is that making her valuable? Is that how you'd want someone to treat your wife? Right. No. Right. So it puts his head on the horizon. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. And so I think, like you said, going way back, being willing as a dad to step into the awkward moments, not always protecting them, because here's the deal. They'll go away to college eventually. And we all know the stories of people who were overprotected yeah. at, at, in the families, and their innocence was overprotected. They go away to college. The, the, the blinders are off, and they go crazy. crazy. Yes. Innocence because they to don't ignorance. Know how, right, because yeah. they don't know how to mentally process through it. They don't know how to behaviorally process through it. And so they just kind of like, everything mom and dad said was wrong. Screw it. I'm just going to drink myself. You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and it happens all the time. I, so I, I think it's really valuable to, to have that kind of a simple tool 
to start that conversation with our kids early on. Yeah. Um, so what other, what other tools would you recommend from a parent perspective and also a teacher perspective to really, um, because my, my fear is you have the two extremes. You have the, what is now called the snowplow parent, mm-hmm. which is going ahead and pushing out all obstacles of their kids so they don't learn how to deal with stress. They don't learn how to deal with adversity. They don't learn how to deal with consequences because the parent is running for, too far ahead of them. Or you have the completely disengaged parent where the parent's like, suck it up, buttercup. You know, or, or don't even, for whatever reason, yeah. don't have the bandwidth to care and invest the way that maybe they would want to. Yeah. And so the parent's probably dealing with guilt on some level with that. So how mm-hmm. do you, what's, the, what's that space in between? And what are some simple things we can do in that space between to allow our kids to be challenged, to, to teach them to protect their hearts and their minds, um, but not become over-involved or under-involved? You know, as parents, we have to gauge our own children. And I think those conversations can be ongoing. I don't think that there's one recipe for every particular uh, person, young person or or parent. Um, But I've always said parenting is hard uh, and doing it the right way certainly is is one of the bigger challenges. And I think it was one of y'all's previous podcasts where, as you just mentioned, he's a listener. Yep, yep. I think <laughs> uh, those face-to-face conversations. I think back to to being a young young person, and I didn't. The last thing I wanted was to have any serious conversation with my parent eye to eye. Right. 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 And, and you know the the topics we've covered, and and then there are many others, um, including you know drugs and and smoking and mm-hmm. or vaping in middle school and the things that are very prevalent energy drinks yeah yes yeah you know i mean red bulls are like yeah i'm gonna go to the store no you're not getting a red bull correct no no you don't need that and that you know and so those small conversations whether it's on a car during a car ride or a, a survey or something other tools can include um getting them uh around their peers one thing we've always wanted to do is um make our home so inviting to my two boys and their friends that they always wanted to come to our house. Yes. I mean, yes. That, that can be so advantageous to, uh, to us as parents because, first of all, it's, it lets us know who are, who are our children hanging out with. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. What do they say? We are a combination of the, the, the five closest people to us. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Five that's exactly that. it. And so you can do that. But sometimes when you have a group of young people like that, you can start a conversation, a serious topic conversation in the right way and see what they all think. And then later you connect with your own child and say, okay, hey, just uh, remember that thing we were talking about? What do you really think about that? I know your friends were talking like this and maybe you're jumping in and just agreeing with them. How do you really feel? Mm. Um, you know, and as, good, yeah. as you said, Travis, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you don't want to, um, and this is how I preface all the serious conversations with my, my own children. Hey, you don't want to get information from your friends. Uh, you know, especially on the big topics, right? Because they, uh, first of all, they think they know everything. The blind leading the blind. Uh, exactly. So much the case. And I remember talking, uh, my wife was really pushing hard. We, my, my sons and I take a fishing trip for their birthdays every year. We go up to Oklahoma. Oh, that's cool. And three years Brilliant. ago, it, it was, I, I don't want to, 
a party dad. I just want, because it's not cheap to have a guided fishing tour, but we go up and spend the night in, in one of those hotel and casino resorts, uh, make a weekend of it, and it's a really good one-on-one -on -one bonding time with, with the children. They love it too, don't they? They love it. And I, I used to work with a gentleman who had nine children, and I said, how do you have that personal relationship with each of them. They said about the you know, age of 10, 11, 12, I started taking just a one-on-one -on -one mm. weekender with, with that, with one child and, and that That's connection cool. was made. But um, yeah, so she was pushing me to have the sex talk with my young or my oldest. And I'm thinking, okay, I understand. And it comes in stages. And I went to a couple of seminars on how to approach this topic and finally we started we started slow and i kind of gauged you know how how he was communicating with me and it was in a car ride and which is again it's important uh, the setting is important yeah, and yeah, the yeah. car ride is great because you can have the conversation without scary, uh, staring into his soul through his eyes yeah. so he's looking ahead you're looking ahead yeah. and it creates this artificial environment of like it's just two dudes talking it's mm -hmm. not my dad Eyeing me out, saying, "What do you know?" Well, I just, I just was while well, listening to a, to another uh, speaker talk about the. Sometimes we overvalue eye contact, like "Look at me, look at me," and so many kids are just so nervous with that because it's not normal anymore. Right. But they are completely attentive to what we're saying. We just, our generation's like, "No, I need you to look at me in the face," which I think is good at certain times. Absolutely. But I, but I think there's times when it comes to this, you know, like you're just like. I don't know if I want to look at my dad as he's talking about sex, body parts, and you know, yeah, yeah and re reproductive organs and so. Right. So, so how did you start to that conversation? What, like, like, because I, I, I think every guy here is like, yeah, I got to have that conversation, and not just with the boys, with the girls, because study after study after study says that the the, the dad's influence in in the girl towards modesty towards healthy touch and healthy affection, particularly in those early puberty years, is huge. It is. And most dads will sometimes um, recoil from that or move away from that because their young girl is becoming a woman and they may have trained themselves to, you know, and, and so how do you hug your daughter when she's no longer a little girl? She's she's a woman. How do you, how do you continue those healthy touches, you know, holding a hand, putting an arm on a shoulder, rubbing a back kind of thing? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so... How did you start that conversation? I went to a seminar with, uh, uh, at a local church, and this guest speaker mentioned something pro so profound, and I got to it early enough that I could appreciate and kind of lay it out over the next uh, several months. And even, you know, as I think about it, several years, I don't think you can have one time where you just sit down and, and lay it all out there. Agreed. I don't think there's a, 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 a perfect age for that. Uh, I don't think that there is. It's not a good technique. It's not because when you throw it all at them at once, at what age? 10, 11, that's way too young to <laughs> right. throw it. So it came in stages and it was age appropriate in my opinion. And, and so I kind of laid out a roadmap for myself and, and for those conversations. And so we had several leading up, and it was just very basic because at this age, he was 11 at this age, yep. at, the, at this first conversation. Yeah. It was very basic, uh, and it was just about boys and girls. And, you know, I, I was very scientific about it. And in fact, I, I, I used some notes from a previous science teacher at Olson, um, male science teacher that was very good. Um, and he made, it was very scientific. 
and it grew into further conversations and it made those conversations easier. Hey, remember what we talked about just a few months ago about yeah. boys and girls? Yeah. And, and then I started using the term sex and we sat down and we had, we had borrowed a movie. It was more of a cartoon type movie that really went into some, some detail. Huh. And it went about 30 minutes, and I sat in the bedroom and watched it with my son. And it was very quiet, of course. And after the, the, the video was over, I said, hey, I said, do you have any questions? And he said, no, not, not right now. And I, I knew that would probably be the, the case. I said, let me ask you, was most of that new information? He said, yes. Hmm. Now, I would say he is one of the younger students in his grade. Um, and so maybe a lot of them specifically now that most of them are going through puberty he's he's getting there but not quite there but i reflected on that that moment and thought should i have done that at that point and i feel like that's okay i would rather yeah. be in the position of giving him the new information rather than oh yeah i already knew that or yeah, i knew yeah, parts yeah. of that and i felt like i knew other parts of that because that tells me he's getting it somewhere else. Right, right. And where that somewhere else is, we try to mon we, we monitor uh, phone usage, and we have all the you know all the security features uh, engaged and enabled on there, so he can't get too far off task or off track. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's the right way to approach it. If you give them more new information than they than they previously had, I think you're doing a good job as a parent because then that opens up. Okay, Dad introduced me to this. Right. He clearly is the source. I'm going to go back to him and use him when I have questions. Yeah, versus feeling like they're distant. Yeah. Right, and it's an ongoing conversation. I love that, and I think that's key. And that goes back to our podcast a few weeks ago of consistency, consistency, yeah. consistency. And I think one of the, the the you know looking back in my own life with my dad, my dad did a horrible job with the sex talk. He mm. did the dump, the dump. Right. You know, where it's one time. It was very awkward. I remember blacking out halfway through the conversation, <laughs> and he said, patting me on the head when he left the room, okay, we, we've had that conversation. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what you just said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and But the thing that he did do well is he would always take me on these little stupid errands, you know, because he was always running to the store. He was always going to the bank. He was always, because that's what you had to do back then. Mm -hmm. You didn't have Amazon to bring it to you. Right. You had to go get yes. it. And it, it, it did allow that space for no conversation, for sports conversation, or from time to time, a more meaningful conversation. And I think that's what you're getting to is, is you don't have to wait for the once a year fishing trip. That can be the catalyst mm -hmm. to start an ongoing kind of like, hey, buddy, I'm going to the, the post office. Why don't you go with me? And just see what happens there. You know, yeah. and, and that's so huge. And I think that we is. miss that as dads um, because we know it's going to take a little bit longer. It's going to be a little bit more distraction. Mm. And, you know, it's just... You know, we want, I want sometimes just alone time. And, uh, and I have to sacrifice that to cultivate an ongoing conversation with my kid so that when the sex stuff comes up, like he came to me the other day. It was, I was so proud of him. He goes, hey, Dad, I got a question for you. I was like, oh, geez. What, Jake? Mm -hmm. He goes, well, one of the guys in my class found um, some nudie pictures. What's that called again? I was like, it's probably pornography. He goes, yeah, 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 that's it. On his dad's phone. What should he do? I was like, whoa. And so we had a conversation. I said, well, you know, unfortunately, a lot of guys struggle with that today. Mm, yeah. And I said, and, you know, and he, he, I could see he was kind of looking like, do you? I was like, well, I, I got a band of brotherhood. I got three guys that have access to everything on my phone and everything on my devices because I know it's a real struggle for a lot of people. And yeah. I don't want it to be my struggle. Yeah. And so there's accountability. And so I have that kind of accountability. And so... I gave him a glimpse behind 
the curtain that he wouldn't always be have access to. Yeah. Um, and it was because there was, we've started this conversation a long time ago around campfire, you know, um, at our house. And, and so that's why he felt emboldened, I think, I hope, to come up and talk to me about it. Now, the challenge is he has a younger brother. And what I know is happening is he's having the conversation with the younger brother. Yeah. Before I think the younger brother's ready, but I'm like, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know, kind of like you, you can't monitor everything, right? And I don't want to create a forbidden fruit on it, mm-hmm. you know, where it becomes very enticing because ooh, what's this thing that everyone's talking about, but so no taboo. one in my yeah. yeah, and and so it, it's difficult. So um, what I hear you saying is, um, don't be a, well, have those catalyst events that can kickstart the conversation, but then continue to invest in those conversations in the small ways, in a consistent way, whatever that looks like. You know, it almost sounds like, you know, the, 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 old, the old question of quality time or quantity time, and it sounds like you need both. Yes. You need a quantity of quality time. You know, some would say, what is that? And I'm going, no, nah, because I'm beginning to see that more as my son's getting older. And guys who I've talked to who are now, their kids are way out of the house. They're, a lot of them say, I wish I had spent more time in this. Like, like now that the season is over... You know, in the midst, you want to escape it. You right. want to run to the right. upstairs and fall asleep or whatever. You want to go outside and moan. I'm like, and, and it's, it's the only time we're going to have the greatest amount of, of impact. And, you know, it's like, it's like when you went to high school and you, I remember sitting there at the end as I was graduating and, uh, and looking at these 400 people. And I remember God clearly telling me, Bill, you did nothing to impact them for me. And I was like, it's okay. I've got college. And then you go to like a campus with 15,000 people and you're like, but all I know is 10 of these people. Right. So you'll never have, even with your kids, the same. you'll never have that much time of quality and quantity impact than you would when they're younger. Is that what, kind of what it sounds like is being said? I think that is perfectly said. Um, yeah, you, these are the days in which we want to really invest the time. And, and it goes back to parenting is difficult. You know, it's the old back when my children were, were younger and they were being asked, to, they were asked to do certain things around the house. And and I would just watch them do the dishes or the laundry, and it would be folded so crooked and wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, and you just want to jump Are in Are you looking at my pile it. that I fold? <laughs> no, that's what my pile, pile looks like, right. too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, you have to allow for those children to grow within, while they're, you know, at home and, and in those influential and impressive years, uh, impressionable years. But, but you can't let that time go. Uh, as much as you want it, yes, there's time when you are just tired and spent. You don't want to. You, you don't. You don't have that energy yeah. uh, to invest at those moments. But man, when they are when they are gone out of the house, they're, it's you can still have an impression on them. But they're being uh, they're being influenced by everything else outside of the the family environment. And if if you make yourself a valuable resource for those for those children. Uh, and and show them that hey you're, you you can be trusted when they come to you with some very serious stuff and I know that serious stuff will continue to to, to get more serious as they get older yeah uh, but if you can show them just a, a, a level of I can I know I can go to mom or dad and they can be my resource and give me the right information that I know that is is something that I can use in my life. And it's interesting. You probably see it at, at home. Sometimes my son will go to my wife 
with certain things. Right. And sometimes he'll he'll come to me with certain things. And it's not those times when he's trying to leverage one against the other. It's that I feel more comfortable going to mom about this type of stuff and, and dad with other things. And, and when you see that in your home, I think you you should feel like you've done a, a pretty Been good job. Been successful yeah. in that, yeah. If they're turning to, to, to friends at a younger age uh, or just trying to figure it out for themselves, however that may be, um, then I feel like there's more work to do. And there's yeah. always more work to do. We know that. Well, and I think, you know, what's hidden in that comment is then mom and dad talk about what was shared. You know, and, and you, you, well, you, we say always, but that doesn't always happen. You know, yeah. sometimes dad has a conversation with son and forgets to tell wife. Yeah. And, and, you know, then all of a sudden she gets blindsided with something and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa what, what, where'd that come from? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah I talked to him about that a few weeks ago. And she's like, well, I'd love that information. <laughs> what about me? Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that, that again is, you know, it, it is hard. Parenting is hard. Marriage is hard. Guess yeah. what? It's amazing as well, and and part of that is continually forging that conversation with your spouse to come up with a game game plan. And I think one of the other things is, let's be honest, when, when talking, I, I guess this is turning into a talk to your kids about sex podcast. Um, it's but <laughs> most likely where it's all going to go anyways at this point, because at that age, you know, a strong wind takes you down. You know, when you're 14, <laughs> so so we probably need to at least bring it up a little bit. But, you know? but one of the one of the challenges I've found is um, using the correct terminology. Because yes. it's not used in our, our oh, everyday yeah. language. Mm. Yeah. And so it's weird to use the word penis. You know, it's odd to use the word vagina. Yeah. And, and, and what Tara was not happy with this, my wife, but I, getting prepped for these kind of conversations, I started using that language so that it wouldn't become awkward to say, yes, a wet dream. You know, yeah. that, that's, this is what happens. Oh, And yeah. so you yeah. start to have that. And Tara's like, I don't like this conversation. I was like, well, I, I know. But it is what it is, and, and I got to be comfortable so that I don't show a nonverbal yeah. that, oh, this is awkward, this is weird, which will teach them this is awkward and weird. This is normal. This is life. Let's have the honest conversation have about it. Yeah, break it down. And you don't want your, your son to go into middle school and be talking with his buddies and refer to his, his privates as his pee-pee. <laughs> right, you, you want, and I learned that from a, from a coworker many years ago. She said, "I use uh, we use clinical terms in our house from yep. a very young age." And I, I did have a buddy. I did have a buddy, which was which I'm still don't know how far to go with this, but he used the clinical terms. And then at a certain age, she said, "Okay, we know what a penis is. Now, do we know all of the other words that refer to that?" And they sat down because the because he's like, "I don't want you to be in a conversation." And not know what's happening or what they're talking about, you know? And so they yeah. went through some of the other nomenclature. <laughs> it's like flashcards. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay, next one. Twig and berries? Exactly. Yeah, that's next what one. it is. That's what it is. And it, it, oh, I man. think that's part of the conversation, too. I think that's – I'm glad you brought that up because I, it's been on my mind. Okay, I know these guys that he's hanging out with aren't using clinical terms. They're using, you know, any uh, number of other terms terms to Correct. reference uh, body parts or, or, or acts or whatever. And so I want them to be familiar with that too. And yeah. I think that's part of the growth of that relationship with your son or daughter is, oh, dad, okay, dad's not, he's not so old. You know, he, he kind of still gets it because <laughs> right. right. I think in all their minds, we're, we're ancient and we ha- don't have a clue right. uh, until we show them, okay, we kind of do have a clue and we understand it hasn't changed as much as maybe they think. So yeah. a truth. A truth that we can all adhere to is kids are learning about sex from somewhere. Yes. Yeah. We better be a part of that conversation. Yeah. And we have to insert ourselves into that conversation on some way so that they can have a healthy and a a proper understanding of that amazing gift that God gives us. Because we don't want to 
scare them away from it. That can be almost as destructive as just, you know, oh, it's no big deal. Just, you know, here, here's a, here's a, you know, here's a magazine. You can learn everything you need to know from this magazine. Correct. You know, and, and that's not healthy either. So inserting ourselves into that conversation is important. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being one of the forefront voices of that is so important. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I was, I was looking this up as you were talking about parent involvement in schools and there was a 2016 study done and it said that, um, there, it, it, it kind of broke down parent involvement for attending a school class event or volunteering or serving on a committee in the school. And those who, who, uh, who graduated, uh, some, some college even went to like, you know, uh, to, to get to get an associates, 80% of parents attended a school event. So like even going to a birthday, you know, to, to like a school party, Christmas right. party, whatever, 39% were involved in volunteering bachelor's degree, 87%. Uh, going to parties, things like that. Fifty-four percent of those were involved in a committee. Um, graduate or professional school, ninety-three percent mm. were involved in their kids' parties, and then sixty-five percent were involved in a committee. So, so when we look and go, I want my kid to be successful. Um, it may not be in the way in which we think, and so and it, this is just one indication. But what I think the bigger picture is, they got involved. They got to know their kid at every level, at, at every level in school, at home with their kids. I, I keep hearing the same theme of being a student of your child consistently because someday they're going to be gone and you're going to just have a history report of who they were. And so we have the opportunity now to be engaged in steering them for who they're going to become right now. So great stuff today. Love it. Yeah. So, um, man, I always love having you on the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to come. You guys, uh, you guys make it so easy and there's always a great conversation when we when we get together i'm a better dad because of it i, I try to be i try yeah i feel like i am too especially yeah. when you're on not so much you travis yeah so <laughs> when are my kids sure. uh, slated to go over to your house so you can have the conversation with them exactly <laughs> send them over yeah jason's uh jason will be you can just email us at info at known legacy and we'll send your schedule to talk to everybody's kid about sex uh, i'll put my make my schedule public make it make it uh you know available to everybody all the listeners out there no oh, um yes yeah, so gotta love it one of the things that you did mention that i, I do want to rally if if you work in a church um this is often a tragedy of the churches we don't engage in this conversation well mm. yeah and um we chalk it up to leave it up to the youth minister or um you never or rarely hear it from the pulpit um, or from the, the pastor on Sunday mornings. And I think that's one of the things that we've got to learn to have a voice yeah. in the church. Yeah. And um, it's got to be more than don't dance with other people because yeah. it might lead to sex or don't wear um, skimpy clothing um, on a uh, youth trip because um, you need to wear a tank top or tankini. You know, yeah. it's got to go beyond that. And so I would encourage you, if you work in the church, um, if you're involved in your church, man, figure out a way to start an ongoing conversation about sex and sexuality because here's the deal the world is screaming at our kids yeah the wrong message yes. about sex and sexuality yes and they scream a message of selfishness and we scream a message of serving and an amazing gift from god mm. in the right context within the right with the right person yeah um and so we gotta we gotta get a voice on that amen sounds good listen uh any questions we'd love your comments info at knownlegacy.org check us out online facebook instagram all that kind of stuff. All that stuff. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.